Hello and welcome to this next podcast in Argus China Connection series. In this episode, we'll be talking about China's ban on imports of plastic waste and looking at the implications nearly two years on on plastic waste trade flows and the waste and recycling industries in the US and in Europe. My name's Will Collins. I'm the associate editor responsible for Argus European Polymers coverage sitting in London. And for this international edition of the podcast, I'm joined via Skype by Michelle Klump, who edits the Argus Polymers Report and in particular handles our America's market coverage. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Will. So in the summer of 2017, China's government filed a notice to the World Trade Organization saying that by the end of the year, it would forbid the import of what it called foreign garbage from other countries. The decision was environmentally driven, particularly because of concerns that contaminants and hazardous elements in the waste were causing harm in China. The decision also says a lot about the image that China wants to present to the world from an environmental perspective. It has also experienced a rapid growth in its own plastic consumption, and based on the frequently reported statistic that seven of the ten worst plastic-polluted rivers in the world pass through China, has issues to tackle in handling its own waste. The impact of the ban was instant and, uh, according to the official statistics, pretty absolute. Um, In 2015-2016, which were the last two full years before the ban was announced, China imported nearly 15 million tonnes of plastic waste, uh, of which around 37% came directly from Europe and the Americas, and a further 22% came from Hong Kong. Um, and Hong Kong is an entry point for European and American plastic waste into Asia, where they, they were sending in 15 and 16, 100,000 tonnes a month plus. But in the two years since the ban came into force, China's recorded just 52,000 tonnes of imports in total over that period. And the suddenness of the ban had huge implications for the US and, and other Western countries, uh, which had been accustomed to exporting a large percentage of their recycled content to China for processing. But what actual impact have you noticed in the US, Michelle? China's national sword policy has a, a huge impact on the trade flows of recycled scrap waste out of the US. In 2016, exports to China represented 40% of all US plastic scrap exports. For the full year of 2018, that number dropped to 4.4%. And so far in 2019, China represents only 1.3% of all U.S. scrap resin exports. To some extent, some of that volume has been sent to China that is now being shifted to other parts of the globe. Looking at the 2019 data, the top five destinations for U.S. scrap resin include Canada, India, Hong Kong, Malaysia, and Mexico. But in the full year of 2018, the first full year of the China scrap ban went into effect, total scrap plastic exports from the U.S. declined by nearly 45%. Totals for the first eight months of 2019 show continued declines and are down by another 44% versus the first eight months of 2018. How about in Europe? Well, Europe's also increased exports of waste to other countries, um, mainly actually Turkey and Malaysia, but it's not been anywhere near enough to offset the loss of China as a destination for our scrap plastic. In total, our exports of plastic waste fell by a similar amount. It was about 49% comparing 2018 with 2016, which was, of course, the last full year before the ban was announced. Uh, Based on trade data for 2018-2019, Europe now has an additional around 1.5 million tonnes of plastic waste that it needs to deal with, compared with 2016 because of reduced exports. This is on top of the underlying growth in production of plastic waste in Europe because our plastic consumption is increasing. Uh, And just exporting to other countries in Asia and Turkey may not be a long-term sustainable solution as well, um, as many are following China's lead by imposing their own restrictions. The importance of this loss of an outlet in China went beyond just the waste industry itself and certainly has the potential to become a problem for the plastic industry itself. 
Uh, it comes at a time when, particularly in Europe, public scrutiny of plastic waste and the impact they can have on the environment if it isn't properly disposed of is very high. If the public were to see waste building up or increasingly being sent to landfill or burnt just because of China's ban, then scrutiny would certainly increase. And this then has the potential to harm demand for plastic in the long term. You're already seeing a number of brand owners and retailers pledging to cut back their use of plastic. Right. So recently, both of us were at the K-Fair in Dusseldorf. That fair shows the enormous scale and diversity of the plastic industry, more than 200,000 visitors over the period, and the extent to which it's interwoven into everyday life. Consumers may want to reject plastic, but there's often a lack of viable alternatives. Oh, no, sure. So the industry has time to act, but it certainly knows it's an issue that it can't ignore. You can see that from the huge number of the circular economy-linked exhibits that were at the fair in Dusseldorf. The question is, how can we deal with the waste, particularly without the option to export to China? Right, and the U.S. was already not doing a great job of recycling. In 2015, the most recent year for which the EPA has collected data, U.S. plastics recycling rates were around 9.1%. PET had the highest rate at 18.4%, and that makes sense. Those are the easiest to recycle plastic bottles, water bottles, things like that, followed by some of the polyethylenes, HDPE 10.3%, low-density linear low at 6.2%, polypropylene at a 0.9%, and polystyrene at 1.3%. New data has not yet been released, but some estimates suggest that the U.S. plastics recycling rate in 2018 could have fallen to as low as 4.4%, with expectations it could fall further in 2019, particularly if, as you had mentioned earlier, other Asian countries have still been accepting U.S. scrap material decide to follow China's lead. Yeah, and for Europe, we did recently get some new data showing the recycling statistics for 2018. And that actually showed that Europe has managed to slightly increase its recycling rates since 2016, despite the loss of China as an outlet. This data was surprising because it effectively means that the volume of plastic that's reported to have been sent for recycling domestically in the EU has actually increased by 45% or nearly 2.5 million tonnes in just two years between 2016 and 2018. Yeah, so taking aside the statistics, what do you think this will mean for Europe's recycling industry? Well, it's not going to make anything easier for Europe. Anecdotally, China and other export markets are typically seen as an outlet for the difficult-to-recycle plastic waste, which can then be classified as having been recycled. And Europe's plastic recycling industry, like the global industry, is almost exclusively based on mechanical recycling. This typically needs the waste to be sorted into homogenous waste streams if it's going to produce high-quality recyclers. Europe's implemented some pretty ambitious recycling targets, including to recycle 50% of plastic packaging waste by 2025, 55% by 2030. And uh, with less of an outlet for the difficult to recycle waste, it's going to be even more imperative for Europe to enact plans to develop its industry and increase the recyclability of plastic products that are going onto the market in order to meet these targets. In a sense, the ban could drive development as it means another waste stream that needs to be dealt with. But Recent information from the EU, which is trying to drive uptake of recycled plastic to 10 million tonnes a year by 2025, significantly more than what we see at the moment, suggests that actually having the waste isn't the problem in itself. The problem is producing something of consistently high enough quality for the converting industry to actually use it. Right. Yeah, the issue is clearly how do we deal with the waste? I don't think the US has managed quite as well as Europe. Although there's no concrete data from the government, you can see the the pain being felt in the earnings reports of major solid waste service companies in the U.S. Just to highlight an example, U.S. Waste Management, one of the top two large solid waste service companies in the U.S., continues to see its recycling program as a major headwind for its profitability. 
In its most recent third quarter earnings report last month, the company said it blended average commodity price in the third quarter of 2019 had declined by 40% compared with 2018 and was down by 8% from the 10-year low reached in the second quarter. To be clear, those figures represent more than just plastic, but it gives you a feel for how such companies have been hit by having fewer markets to send recycled waste. In an effort to improve prices for the recycled material, U.S. Waste Management has instituted a plan to be more stringent about the materials that it will accept. That has resulted in a higher purity waste stream, which can command a better price, but it's leaving more content to be landfilled. The U.S. doesn't have the same recycling targets, but a number of individual companies have made their own pledges. The difficulty for them is getting the quality and consistency of material they need to hit those targets. Yeah, and one particular area where the China ban could be something of a blessing in disguise is chemical recycling. And this has received a lot of intention in Europe, where it's seen as a, as a bit of a holy grail solution for turning difficult to recycle plastic waste into something that the converting industry can use without restrictions. At the moment, it's yet to be widely demonstrated on a large commercial scale in Europe, and uh, particularly in the case of pyrolysis, which turns plastic waste back into an oil that can then be refined back into various polymers. There's questions about where a consistent high-volume stream of difficult-to-recycle waste would come from to actually feed a large-scale commercial plant. Um, a lot of this would be likely to be taken out of the plastic waste streams that at the moment are being sent to incineration or to landfill. But with the loss of China as an outlet, uh, there is this high-volume waste stream that was being collected and earmarked for recycling, a lot of which is actually likely to be suitable for use by the pyrolysis guys. It's certainly true that this may help to drive investment in that area. The situation is similar in the U.S. with plenty of projects, but still a long way to go before they start to make a meaningful contribution to recycling stats. There are still some issues to overcome, but with focus and investment, the industry is confident it can do that. I think what this ban has done is show how fast China can act and the impact that its decisions can have on the rest of the world. The issue of plastic waste is global, whether talking about where the plastic is generated or where it ends up. Flows of plastic waste have moved to other countries, but there are limits. If the West wants to stop its recycling rates from falling and prevent more plastic waste going to landfill and incineration, it will need to change and adapt. This is a problem, but it can also create an opportunity. Necessity can be the mother of invention. There's already a lot of focus on the issue of improving recycling, again, particularly at the moment in Europe. One final thought. Uh, the ban shows China taking a focus on the environmental issue of plastic waste. And where this has been done in other regions, it's often led to the implementation of recycling targets and restrictions on certain plastic products. As the largest global plastics market and one of the fastest growing, China's a vital cog in the global market. And there's certainly the possibility this won't be the last Chinese environmental decision to have an impact beyond its borders in the plastics industry. Right. Well, thanks for a nice chat, Will, and thanks, everybody, for listening. Be sure to check out the next episode in this podcast series. And for further information, please check out the Argus Polymers Report.